Well, good morning, Liberty. I want to welcome each and every single one of you uh, joining us at each of our campuses, those of you at correctional facilities, those of you joining us online. It's not an accident that you're hearing this message. I believe God wants to speak to your heart. And also just a special welcome to our guests. Liberty family, could you welcome our guests today? Let them know we're glad they're here. Let them know we're glad they're joining in. Now, I've been a Virginian for 19 years, but just a few months ago, I became an American citizen. Super proud, super thankful for that. And there's no one more thankful for our hometown heroes, for our men and women in the military and our first responders. I want to say thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for protecting our freedoms. Come on, church family. Let's show them that we love them, that we're for them. God's for them. Man, I've got to be honest with you. I am loving, loving college football season. I was, uh, man, don't get me wrong. Listen, I'm a Flames fan. I love the dogs. Go dogs, right? But listen, last night I went with uh, my favorite U-12 hockey team, uh, the, the Hampton Roads Whalers. We went as a team to ODU to cheer on the Monarchs. And guess what? The Monarchs won. And that's why I'm wearing a blue blazer today. Come on. And so, uh, yeah, you Monarch fans, it was a great game. I'm a Monarch man now. I tell you what. And so I, I just loved, loved, loved being at the game. Well, we're in a series on the armor of God. And last week, Pastor Zach preached a powerful message on the belt of truth. I know next week you're going to hear a powerful message as well. Today you're going to hear a message on the breastplate of righteousness. And so I'm excited. And I'm going to give you the bottom line up front. I want to give you the big idea so you can write it down. Hear me. Eternal righteousness positions you for everyday righteousness. Now, before I read the text in the book of Ephesians, I just want to give you just a little background for context for, for what we're about to read. Now, this was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. He wrote it uh, while he was in prison. He wrote it around A.D. 60 to A.D. 62, all right? And so there's two big sections uh, in this book. There's a section, the first section, on Christian doctrine, and the second section is on Christian duty. And Paul is giving really just an illustration. You see, because he's in prison, he's seeing Roman soldiers, and so it's a really practical illustration for him to use just describing uh, just the armor that these soldiers are wearing, and he's reminding uh, the church in Ephesus. Listen, he's saying, you're in a spiritual war. And I'm here to remind you today, you are in a spiritual war. Do you get it? Say amen. amen. Let's begin reading at verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and then the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Let's start just by asking just a few clarifying questions, all right? First, what is a breastplate? What is its purpose? Well, a breastplate uh, was a piece of armor that would protect uh, from your neck down to your mid-thigh. It protected the vital organs, including the heart, and so it, it, it was important. No soldier would go into battle without it. It was made of, of leather, it was made of bronze, and maybe some chain meal, all right? And, and so again, it was important. The next question that we need to ask is, what is righteousness? And what does righteousness have to do with you today? What's it have to do with me today? Well, from a 30,000 foot view, righteousness is the state or condition that is acceptable to God. Now, this term righteous appears over 500 times in the Bible. And the term righteousness appears over 550 times. So what are you saying? It's a big deal, y'all. It's a big deal. Over a 1,000 combined times. We got to wake up and pay attention. So if you haven't written it down already, write it down right now. Eternal righteousness positions you for everyday righteousness. Let's look at a few verses that, that look at eternal righteousness, starting with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Philippians chapter 3 Verse 9 says, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And finally, Romans chapter 5, verse 10. For if, while we were God's enemies, y'all, I was God's enemy. Y'all, you were God's enemy. While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through this life, or through his life? Listen, eternal righteousness is also referred to as imputed righteousness or positional righteousness, and it's a breastplate for you. It's a breastplate for me because it gives you confidence that you've been made right with God. How, we've, how have we been made right? Because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Imagine for a moment, you're a criminal. You're on death's row. And right before you're about to receive and get executed, someone comes and sets you free and they take your place. This is what Christ has done for you. This is what Christ has done for me. This is what he's done. 
And so eternal righteousness is God's gift of righteousness to every person who puts their faith in God. And you see, the breastplate of righteousness, it guards our heart. It guards our emotions from Satan's attacks. I'm telling you, Satan wants to convince you that what Jesus did was not enough. Satan wants to overcome your emotions, and he wants to defeat you spiritually. And listen, Satan's a mudslinger, right? What does he do? He wants, to, he wants to remind you of your past failures, doesn't he? Listen, when he comes and he reminds you of your past failures, you just go ahead. You remind him of his certain future. Listen to Romans chapter 3, verse 22. It says, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Think about King David in the Old Testament for just a moment. Because of his eternal righteousness that he had received from God, even in times of personal failure, he trusted God. Listen, I'm here to tell someone, you can trust God for your eternal righteousness. You know, over the past two and a half years, Lindsay and I have had this discussion, this debate. I won't call it an argument. <laughs> but it's over a tree in our front yard. I'm telling you, for majority of the last two and a half years, that tree has had like four leaves on it. And our neighbor has the exact same tree right across the street in their front yard. And it is full, it is luscious, again, just full of leaves, and I'm not jealous. <laughs> so I did what any right-minded man would do. I went out and I bought me a chainsaw <laughs> for the purpose of cutting down that tree. And she's like, it's not dead. I'm like, babe, it is deader than a doorknob. There's no life in that thing. I tell you, I did everything but prayer and fasting to try to get that tree to grow leaves. Nothing worked. But in one final just act of love for my wife, I committed to do this. I said, all right, I'm gonna buy a watering tree bag. I'm gonna fill it up with water for 30 days, before 30 days, that tree had about 60 leaves on it. <laughs> Y'all, don't encourage her. <laughs> now listen, that tree, it's got a long way to go, but she was right. The tree wasn't dead. The tree was dormant. And some of you, you're not spiritually dead, you're spiritually dormant. I'm telling some of you today, listen, you have an eternal righteousness because of Jesus, but you're not walking in an everyday righteousness. And like a gazelle that's been separated from the herd, 
that's easy picking, that's easy prey. Listen, I'm telling you, the life that you are living is making it easier for Satan to attack you. Instead, I want to encourage you, you need to live a life that fortifies you against the attacks of Satan. You see, Satan wants to strike your emotions. He's a liar. He's an accuser of the brethren. So hear me. Your emotions, my emotions, they're vital. Having healthy emotions is important. It's a vital thing. Did you hear me say amen? But if wrong thinking leads to wrong action, then having unchecked or unhealthy emotions leads to wrong thinking. And so I want to just tell you plain and simply that facts are greater than feelings today. Facts are greater than feelings. Feelings can change. Feelings can come and go. Listen, our emotions, they can lie to us. The devil, again, he wants to attack you. And so when he does, you need to remind yourself of your position of eternal righteousness. Why? Because you're a child of God. You're a child of God. And because you're a child of God, it's time for you to start living in everyday righteousness. Why? Because eternal righteousness positions you to live for everyday righteousness or to live with everyday righteousness. Put your hands together and praise God, somebody. Let's look next at everyday righteousness. Let's look at a few verses in a moment. But listen, can I, listen I just got to say this. Not only did I become an American this year, y'all, I turned 40. Let's go. And you know what that means when you turn 40 and you've got four kids? Dad jokes just start coming out. I mean, I don't think my kids really appreciate it, but I don't even care. I'll, I'm gonna, can I share a dad joke with you? Sure. Uh, three of you said sure. Come on. Can I share a dad joke with you? Sure. Good, because whether you want it or not, it was coming. All right. Here it is. Why did the righteous umbrella salesman go broke? Everyone say why. why? Because he refused to have any shady deals. Some of you will get that about lunchtime today. <laughs> Listen, everyday righteousness, everyday righteousness speaks to our identity as children of God. And so everyday righteousness needs to impact us every day and in every area of our lives. Listen, remember Joseph in the Old Testament, right? He was betrayed by his brothers. He went to prison for unjust reasons, yet he demonstrated everyday righteousness by maintaining integrity. He forgave his family instead of seeking revenge. Think for a moment about Esther. Again, Esther allowed and, and lived out everyday righteousness by risking her own life. Her people were about to be destroyed. 
and she risked her life and she used her position and she talked to the king and it saved her people. But listen, I, I can understand why you struggle with living everyday, uh, everyday righteousness. You say, well, why can you understand that? Because I struggle and I have struggled with it too. I get it. Spiritual warfare, pride. I, I, I get it, temptations, sinful nature, uh, cultural influences. I'm telling you, emotional struggles, addictions, selfishness, past trauma. I get it. But can I encourage you from the word of God today? Can I encourage you to live with everyday righteousness based on the authority of God's word? Just write down these scriptures. I'm going to... Just share a bunch of them with you. 1 John 3, 7. It says, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous even as Christ is righteous. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Anyone want me to keep going? Yes. Psalm chapter 1, verse 6. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Isaiah 32, verse 17. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. In effect, will be quietness and confidence forever. Y'all, I can't help it. Y'all, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. <laughs> Proverbs 21, 21. Just two more, just two more. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Psalm 34, 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Come on, put your hands together, praise God. She need to put on the breastplate of righteousness every day for protection in the battles of life for protection from the enemy, for, for protection to guard your emotions. But listen, I want to encourage you to put on the breastplate of righteousness every day to align your life with God's will, to walk with inner peace, to have healthy relationships, to have moral integrity and spiritual growth. Listen, I want you to put on everyday righteousness because you're going to face life's challenges, and I want you to face it with grace and resiliency and a sense of hope and a sense of purpose. You see, everyday righteousness can bring a lasting joy to you that nothing in this world ever will be able to do. And so I'm here to tell you today, that God has a plan. You know, I'm reminded of Pastor Andrew Brunson. He endured two years of prison in Turkey. 
He was accused of terrorism and espionage. But throughout that time, while he was in prison, he practiced and lived out his faith in everyday righteousness. He refused to compromise in his faith. I'm reminded of a man named Dr. Paul Farmer. He's a physician and a missionary. He co-founded an organization to provide health care to impoverished communities worldwide. And he demonstrated everyday righteousness by serving the underserved. Some of you are like, Pastor Dalton, like, I love you, but man, those are some really big things. And, and I can't do those things. No, I reject that in Jesus' name. Some of you can do those big things because God has called you to do some of those big things and you need to get after it. You need to get going. God will equip you and empower you. But some of you, you just need to start somewhere. You say, why? Listen, there is no small task in service to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Every task matters. So I want to tell you, man, Liberty kids and Liberty students should be overrun with people wanting to serve because we should be a church that doesn't want the next generation just to survive. No, we want them to thrive in this world in their faith for God's glory. Amen. We want them to thrive. Listen, some of you, you can practice everyday righteousness by getting involved in caring for widows, caring for orphans, helping support a single parent, helping support and care for a family that has a child with a special need. I'm telling you that you can get involved in everyday righteousness by praying for and supporting the persecuted church, by helping and giving when disasters happen. Listen, on Friday night, there was a disaster in Morocco, the 6.8 magnitude earthquake, over a 1,000 people have already died. And I want you to know that Lindsay and I, yesterday, we gave to Send Relief through our church online because we know 100% of those funds go to help the people in need that's living every day righteously, I'm telling you. What I hope you start to see is, it, is that when, when you start to live every day righteously, it's like building a jigsaw puzzle. Each day, each moment helps contribute to a bigger design, God's design for what he wants to show in your life and through your life to this world. It's something so much bigger than you can think or imagine. You see, everyday righteousness could also look simply like forgiving a friend. Everyday righteousness could be showing sacrificial love. Everyday righteousness could look like acknowledging your faults in an argument with your spouse. Everyone say, I'm sorry. I didn't kill you, did it? Sorry, like almost. Listen, be a reliable employee at work. I want you to demonstrate everyday righteousness by not allowing people to be left out at work or on your team. Hear me. The breastplate of righteousness is not a symbol 
of self-righteousness. Rather, it represents Christ's righteousness. It demonstrates the power of God's grace in your life. And so when it reminds us to live with integrity, it's because this world is filled with division and dishonesty. Everyday righteousness is not a label, it's a lifestyle. And so as the people of God, we need to understand when we live in obedience to God, when we live every day righteously, it's because our heart has been captivated by God. It means our heart belongs to him. Listen, I know this to be true for me, and I I believe it's true for, for many of you today. Everyday righteousness is not simply about avoiding sin. It's about pursuing Christ and his purpose for your life. It's so much bigger than that, just about avoiding sin. It's so much more. Listen, I learned this this code from one of Pastor Grant's longtime friends, and I want to share it with you. It's helped me, and I pray that it helps you. Everyone say one. The first number of the code is one. You can write it down. One stands for a one-on-one relationship with God. This deals with eternal righteousness. You are designed, you are wired, to, and you need to have a relationship with God. That is the only way that you can have eternal righteousness. Everyone say three. You need an inner three. Jesus had an inner three. You need an inner three. This is your foxhole gang. They know the good, the bad, and the ugly. But they're with you through it all, thick and thin. Everybody say 12. Jesus had 12 disciples. You need a community of 12 that inspire you, that inform you. Man, you enrich their lives and they enrich your lives. You need a community of 12. Man, I'm so thankful that today at each of our campuses, hear me, you can meet small group leaders after service in our gathering areas. If you're watching online, you check out our registry online. Get in a small group. So the start of the small group semester starts today. Today. I'm telling you, you need a community of 12 because it helps you to live in everyday righteousness. It's prayed for, it's encouraged. And so I want you to get in a group. Our school of ministry courses semester starts, and that starts as well today. And you say, what is this? This is seminary-style courses to help invest in you so what? So you can invest in others. It's not purely about just intellectual assent. It's so that you can be poured into to be a blessing to others. But I'm telling you, you need a group of 12 Everyone say 120. That's the next number of the code, 120. And it represents the local church. It represents the men and women who were in the upper room. In the book of Acts, you see, God wanted to work through people. 
And I believe God wants to work through you. I don't only believe it, I know it. God wants to work through you. He wants to do a work in your life. And God's used that 120 people to jumpstart a movement of God. So hear me, no church is perfect. If you heard that, say amen. But don't let that be an excuse to not being involved. Be in worship, be in groups, serve on the life team, go on mission trips. Listen, you can, you can sign up and be involved in Life Track next week. Listen, understand God's design and God's purpose for your life and for the church. Everyone say no excuse. Listen, I'm inspired by a young man. His name is Easton. Easton is three years old. He attends the Greenbrier campus. And each and every single Sunday, he puts on his belt cane because, again, he's blind. And he walks into our campus happy and joyful. And I truly believe God's going to use that boy to do something amazing in this world. And just like he's going to use Easton, he wants to use you. You see, God multiplies the righteous work that you're involved in to impact the community and the world for Jesus Christ. And that's why the final number of the code is the number 3,000. You see, that's the number of people who responded to Peter's invitation. The community was impacted. It's what happens when the Spirit of God does a work of God through the people of God, through the local church, when they're willing to put on the armor of God, when they're willing to engage in the spiritual battle. I want to shoot straight with you. Many of you know today is my first time preaching to you in on a Sunday morning in more than a year. I've come through my family, Lindsay and the kids. It's honestly been a dark and hard season. A painful season. I leaned a lot into that code and God used that to help me. My inner three, my group, my local campus and our church family. After a severe car accident and I've had several head injuries, go figure, playing hockey, right? Had many brain traumas. I had an MRI and it would reveal that I had a cyst on the frontal lobe of my brain and I found myself in a place that I never thought I would be. See, I was a grown man having night terrors. Same type of night terrors that I had watched my young children have. One day, Lindsay, even uh, she ran out to do some errands and she left me at home for 40 minutes. And I spent 30 of those minutes crying uncontrollably on my bed for no reason. One of my precious sons, in an act of love, he came up and he lied down on the bed beside me. He said, Daddy, why are you crying? And I said, buddy, I, I don't even know. And he just started crying with me and he didn't leave my side. 
until Lindsay got home. I was struggling with memory loss, depression, anxiety, paranoia, unhealthy emotions. So when I talk about putting on the breastplate of righteousness to protect your emotions, it's something I've been walking through this past year. You see, I also struggled with horizontal eye movement. And so I spent a lot of time looking at popsicle sticks like this. They've got an X on them. And there's a certain rate of speed that you should be able to look from one to the other. And every time I tried, I'd have setbacks and symptoms and I just really struggled. But I was thankful for my neurologist. I was thankful for my psychologist. I was thankful for my concussion therapist. I was thankful for Pastor Grant, Pastor Scott, and so many others who kept encouraging me and praying for me, supporting me, so many people. And the interesting thing was, although I struggled with horizontal eye movement, I had no problem with vertical eye movement. No setbacks, no symptoms. You know, it's funny. It's kind of like life. It's kind of like everyday righteousness. If you want to walk in eternal righteousness, if you want to live in everyday righteousness, stop looking side to side. Start looking up more. Start focusing up. Start focusing on Jesus. Eternal righteousness positions you for everyday righteousness. Well, I end with this. Do you know what a palindrome is? Have you ever had a kid come up to you and say, you know what race car is spelled backwards? And you're like, what? And they're like, race car! They're so excited. Listen, it means the same thing forward or backwards. The statement I've shared today is not a palindrome. Everyday righteousness does not lead to eternal righteousness. I believe many of you, you're trying to earn eternal righteousness through everyday efforts, but it doesn't work that way. Listen to Titus 3.5. Listen to this verse. It says, he saved us, meaning Jesus, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. You cannot earn eternal righteousness. Listen, I love you. I am for you. God is for you. You cannot earn this through your own efforts. You cannot earn it. No, no. You must accept his righteousness. It's a gift. And I want to give you the opportunity right now to receive his righteousness. Wherever you're at, I want you to just bow your heads with me. I want you to close your eyes. If you're ready to stop trusting in your own efforts 
and start trusting in his righteousness? Would you pray silently but sincerely in your own heart? Would you say, dear Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. Jesus, I turn from my own self-righteousness because it won't save me. Turning to you for your righteousness. God, I ask that you would come into my life. Give me assurance that when I die, heaven will be my home. I trust you. You're the Lord and Savior of my life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now the Bible says that when one person puts their faith in Jesus, that all of heaven rejoices. Come on, Liberty, let's encourage, let's celebrate. Listen, I want to encourage you, take a next step right now. We want to know, we want to come alongside you and encourage you. This is how you can take your next step. You can text the number 40371. 40371. Just text yes to that number. It'll give you a red card. If you're at one of our locations, you can fill out a red card from the seat back in front of you. If you're at one of our sites, you can take it out to our next step center. But I want to encourage you listen, be bold, respond, take that step of faith. I want everyone to stand now. We're going to go into a time of response. Listen, if you have been spiritually dormant. Man, today's the day. You start walking in everyday righteousness. If God's speaking to your heart about something, you feel the freedom to come to one of our altars at one of our campuses and pray. You feel the freedom to worship, but you respond today as the Lord's leading you. Let's pray together. God, I thank you just for who you are. Jesus, I thank you that you're our righteousness. God, I pray that people would take next steps today. That people would begin walking daily with you. Lord, that they would realize, Lord, that we needed an inner three. God, we need community. We need a group of 12 to help us, to encourage us in everyday righteousness. But God, the most important step is being made right with you. So let no one who hears my voice have any uncertainty today where they will spend eternity. It's in Jesus' name I pray. All of God's children said.